This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 172 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, the Wonder Woman Shake. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections offers the whole universe of your holiday shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. You can shop with them at equestriancollections.com. Plus, Kentucky Performance Products. For all of your supplement needs, visit kppusa.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop. With weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop calls. It's time again for Stable School. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Faster than we all think. It I just am finding this very hard to believe. Well, I, that, well I, it's November 20. Oh, duh. Didn't we just say that? It's November, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's November. Actually, it's actually December. It's December 2nd. See that? Yeah. See how fast it's coming up? I don't even know what month I it is. I know. And I'll tell you what, it just seems like the beginning of the year just started. And that whole saying about when the older you get, the faster time goes is absolutely true. The whole saying is that, yes. Well, unless you really, it's still true that when you want something to happen, Time slows down. Well, wait till you get to 49 and three quarters. It's more true then, let me tell you. 49 and three quarters. I'm starting that already. I'm not, I'm not admitting that I'm going to be 50 soon. So, 49 and three quarters. I'm taking the week I'm 50 off just to cry. Well, it's Do you been realize really... I got an AAP, AARP envelope in the mail the other day? Dude, 50 is the new 30. Stop your whining. We're all going to live to be 112. I, I, no, I didn't even throw it away. I put it through the shredder. Uh, whatever <laughs> just don't even just deny it just be in denial ignore okay. it 50 is the I new 30 50. the old see i think in our generation the older you get the more hip you get so you used to be a geek but now you're getting kind of cool so like <laughs> by the time you're 60 you're not going to be glenn the geek anymore you're going to be glenn the hipster or the uh, hippie okay got it got it jennifer What's says that? jennifer says i act like i'm 16 even though i'm 50 so it's true. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I was. I read somewhere that the human brain stops its m- maturing process at 26 years old, and so socially, emotionally, we I do not that, mature past 26. But that's sort of the the upper limit of our maturity level. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's a stretch for some people. Like, <laughs> like the guy I'm married to, I think like. 10 is a stretch for him. <laughs> I wish my body would have stopped at 26 because that's starting yeah. to fall apart. You know, that's the part that uh, we all have to deal with. Well, we have, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, a couple of different things on today's show. Remember how last year I always had a pick around the holiday time before Christmas? I always helped the ladies out there pick a good, great gift for their horse husbands. Well, today I'm going to continue that uh, trend that we started years ago, and I have a pick for the ladies out there for their horse husbands. That'll be later in the show. And you have a great guest lined up that uh, is a good friend of ours and just a lovely lady. Yes, I'm kind of excited to have her on. You know, I I jokingly refer to her as Wonder Woman because uh, our guest today, Lisa Wysocki, is, um, well... She's a little bit of everything and a little bit of everything that's really cool. She's, gosh, where do we even start? Well, like I said, I, tell, I refer to her as a modern-day Wonder Woman. But she's just a Minnesota native who has a degree in, check this out, light horse management from the University of Minnesota. And we'll have to have her explain to us what that means because I think it's kind of cool. But Lisa showed horses on a national level. And then one day she grew up and decided that she wanted to have her own PR firm. So uh, she has that now in Nashville, Tennessee. 
which uh, I, I've never been to Nashville. I would like to go. Oh, I know you've been to, it's a fun place. You'd like to Tennessee a couple of times, and you always have good things to say about it. Okay, so anyway, I digress. So what else, what makes Lisa Wonder Woman? Well, since she started her own PR firm, she's headed up several independent record labels. She's a writer. She's written a weekly syndicated celebrity lifestyle column. She's the author of several books, and she's also a regular guest on um, a couple of neat radio shows. Included the, horses in the morning. Included, yeah, including horses in the morning. She's been a, a guest host with you. She's, as I said, she she's a writer. Also, she's the author of several award winning books. One of which was actually optioned by the Hallmark Hall of Fame group for a television movie. Which one was that? Um, was that it was yes. It's it's the one that has. To, it's one of those inspirational books, and we'll let her tell us the okay. the whole story behind that. Um, but she's also a North American riding for the handicapped instructor, also known as NARA. And in 2007, Lisa was chosen as one of the country's top 50 riding instructors by the American Riding Instructors Association. That is such a big deal because ARIA, it, it's not easy to be certified by ARIA. You have to really mean business as an instructor. So not only do you need to get certified by them, but she's selected as one of the top 50 riding instructors in the country. That's, that's the wonder in Wonder Woman. Uh, so what is she? Well, I was just going to say my favorite book of hers is one. It's a it's a fun book. It, she's written so many. It, it's called Horse Country: A Celebration of Country Music and the Love of Horses, and it is an absolutely wonderful book. We have it here at the house, and it's all about country singers who have horses and how they got into horses. And she went around and interviewed all these people: Roy Clark, I love those type Willie books. Nelson. She got this interview. Uh, Toby Keith. I mean, all these cool interviews she got to do. She's well. It's, her experience is really broad, but I think what and when when we get her on, you, our listeners will understand that she's, you know, she's very passionate about therapy horses because uh, you know she, she is a clinician. She does uh, work with therapeutic therapeutic riding centers, and what she's going to talk to us today about is even more special. She's going to talk to us about a horse named Valentino, or Valley, as he's known around the barn. He just won something called the Path International Horse of the Year Award. And in case, like me, you're wondering what that is, it's like the World Championship of Therapy Horses. And Valley is the youngest, he's just nine years old, to receive the honor. And he's the only horse who's been trained specifically, you know, been trained as a young horse, specifically for equine-assisted activities and therapies. So, you know, he's got a really remarkable story. He's featured in Lisa's book, My Horse, My Partner, Teamwork on the Ground. So uh, she's going to talk to us about all of that. And then, um, I don't know, I think, I think we should make her put the uniform on. Put the is, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Is, is Valentino her horse? Valentino is, yes, she's trained I him. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, I didn't realize that. Great. Well, I, yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, get Lisa on the line here right after we talk about equestrian collections you know it's that time of year we had them on the show last week with all the product picks but if you're looking for a holiday gift item then you're going to want to look to equestriancollections.com they have tons of different stuff we went over what 10 or 12 items last week and they have hundreds of different items that you could find over there at equestrian collections whether you're buying for your barn for your friends at the barn or your family or your kids or your husband or your wife it doesn't matter if they're into horses you're going to find something for them at equestriancollections.com and if you go you're going to see their site is all made out for the holidays so check them out at equestriancollections.com for all of your holiday shopping needs and do it today get those orders in early so that you're not shopping on the saturday before christmas like i will be that's when I do my shop. All right, Lisa, let's get on the phone with Lisa. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining us, goofballs, on Stable Scoop today. We're happy to have somebody serious on the show with us. <laughs> well, I don't know how serious it is, but thank you very much. You've never met Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. She can't see that through the mic. You know, I yeah. in my in, in my introduction for you, I was referring to you as Wonder Woman because you have accomplished so much. Uh, in, in the horse world and in the world in general, if if somebody if you had to define yourself to somebody and say, "Hey, Lisa, I met you on an elevator somewhere," and I said, "Well, what are you all about?" What would you say? 
How would you describe oh, yourself? Oh, wow, that's a great question. You know, um, I always tell people that they should have a mission statement in life. And my mission statement is to motivate others. And that's, that's it. I, I, so I guess my, my response would be is that I'm a motivator. But with that, you know, I, I'm a, a horse educator and a riding instructor and author and, and uh, just a genuinely fun person I hope to be around. All right, well, we'll let you know at the end of the show if that's true. <laughs> you guys would know. <laughs> the, the, uh, what are you working on right now? I know you've got a, uh, a couple of really wonderful things uh, un, under your belt that you've accomplished, but uh, we first talked to you or we got in touch with you because of Valentino. Um, yeah. This is a really special deal. Tell us about Valentino and, and Path International. You know, PATH International is the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. It was formerly known as NARA, um, and it's kind of the governing body of the therapeutic riding industry. And, you know, Valentino is a horse that I first met when he was three years old, and he's a, a walking horse, probably pony cross. And what's really interesting about him is that he's a rescue horse. And when I first saw him, I saw him online. He'd been rescued by Horse Haven of Tennessee, uh, which is in the Knoxville area. And uh, the riding center that I was with was looking for um, a smaller horse with a lot of great movement and, um, you know, just a really intelligent horse. And everything we'd heard about this horse, um, even though he wasn't what you would imagine to be a typical therapeutic riding horse, he was right on the money. The only problem was is that he'd been abandoned as a yearling, had no people skills, no horse skills. He kind of grew up on a on an island, not on an island, but, you know, in a vacuum, and um, he had been been starved, and when I saw him, he was 13-2, skin and bones, and really the most unlikely prospect for a therapeutic riding horse that you ever might see. Hmm. And, but something about him said, take me home and help me to help others. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we, we we brought him. Um, he was he was at saddle up at, at the point at the time, and um, the first time I ever saw him in person, he was in a round pen, and I remember him pacing back and forth with his head up, his nose up over the top of the round pen because at thirteen two at that point he wasn't you know all that tall, and I, you know he was so agitated, but there was something about him just you know that that my heart just went out to him, and I thought here's this horse that somebody threw away and just abandoned, and had absolutely no regard for and and here he is so you know I, I designed a, a program for him and, and with the help of many volunteers we we halter trained him because he really wasn't even halter broke he, you know you could get a halter on him um, and he was friendly and curious but he didn't know anything and so we we taught him how to be groomed and pick his feet for the farrier and accept a saddle and bridle and and um you know, over the course of a couple of months, I realized this horse was terrified of just about everything, but he was so brave because he never would move his feet. He'd, he'd go up to something new and, and he would just like a carriage or a buggy and he would just shake. I mean, he'd be shaking all over, but he would never move his feet and he'd touch it with his nose and he'd touch it a couple of times. And then you could just kind of see the wheels in his brain kind of clicking into place and then he'd give this... <laughs> Big sigh, and then you know it was okay. And once he'd seen something, he was okay with it. And um, he's just a really intelligent horse that way. And so I started desensitizing him. And he's actually one of the horses featured in my book, um, my uh, my horse, my partner, teamwork on the ground, which talks about uh, building a bond with your horse on the ground and desensitizing is part of that. And um, you know, I called about a half a dozen vet schools because not only did he not only know how to relate with people, he didn't know how to relate to other horses, which was really an unusual problem to have. He didn't know how to be a horse. Mm. So uh, the vet schools uh, suggested we put Valentino in a paddock where he could observe other horses and uh, watch other horses interact with, with other horses. And we did that for about eight months and then slowly started turning him loose with horses that had been in paddocks next to him. And he was fine, and he learned how to, you know, interact with people. And about uh, a year or so after we got him, he'd gained several hundred pounds. He'd grown four inches, and um, he started in therapeutic riding lessons. And it was just this amazing transformation of, of this horse that nobody wanted to a horse that, you know, 
had value and and that people respected it was it was amazing now did he through this through the course of this very slow and intentional uh, process of you know yeah. acclimating him to being a horse could you see his little wheels turning could you see him oh, yeah accepting and appreciating this new life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the kind of horse, you know, when, when you introduce something new, he kind of looks at it for a little bit, and then he'll touch it with his nose because he's, he's one of those horses that has to touch something to accept it. And then he kind of he turns away from it, and he thinks about it for maybe 10 or 15 seconds, and then he might touch it again, and then he gives this side, and he just moves on, and it's okay. And But you can see him. And what's really exciting about him now is he's so smart is – that I can be giving a, a riding lesson, and maybe it's uh, a rider who's more able-bodied or maybe past that initial beginner stage. And, and uh, of course, he's, he's in therapeutic lessons, so I can say, you know, uh, Susie, would you walk your horse forward, and when you get to the fence, turn left. And so Susie, who may not be able to do that on her own, um, gives Valentino just a little encouragement, and darned if he doesn't walk forward, and when he gets to the fence, he turns left. <laughs> and um, he's just, he, he knows so many words, and, and we have to be very creative in lessons with him because, you know, he knows stop and go and left and right and barrel and pole and cone and all of these words, and, and he just is so eager to please, he just does it on his own. That said, if the rider can do it on, on their own, he waits for the appropriate cue. So he's very intuitive that way, which oh, a wow. lot of horses aren't, yeah. Do you, when you start training a horse like this, you know, you've got this raw material, do you train him to be a uh, well-mannered traditional riding horse before teaching him how to be patient as a therapeutic horse? Or do you sort of go, does he learn right from the beginning that there there really is no rhyme or reason to his cues? You know, um, how does that work? Not every horse can pick up on that, which is a great, is a great question that you asked because not every horse can can differentiate and I think if you if you look at some of the really great schooling horses every every boarding barn or or schooling stable has this horse that's their rock that you know um, is suitable for so many different levels of riders and and I think it takes a really exceptional horse to do that and Valentino is one of those horses and for him it was kind of um we kind of did everything all together and we just built it in stages. And so we did all the groundwork first and uh, got to the point where he could, he could, um, you know, ground drive over poles and through a pattern and, and uh, follow without a halter, you know, through a, uh, a little trail course and um, all of those things that you do on the ground, um, desensitizing all the way because, you know, not every horse needs, desensitization most horses I believe do this horse certainly did because he'd never seen anything he was three years old and he had been in a pasture that 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 was his home and and beyond the bounds of his pasture he had never seen anything so you know even for him to see a bicycle or an umbrella was was uh, or a plastic bag was you know a huge source of concern for him Mm. and um, so so we just built it in stages and he kind of picked up on our intent along the way and that to me just shows how smart he is you know if if the rider intends for him to you know to go to the barrel and stop um he'll do that and he seems to know whether or not that rider has that capability to ask him correctly or not now lisa how did he how does a horse win the path international horse of the year award well that's that's the exciting thing is is um valentino you know as you said was recently chosen um the path international horse of the year and it's a nomination process so i nominated him he's now at therapeutic animal partners in spring hill tennessee and he's been there for about four years and i nominated him just because i i just feel so strongly about the abilities and the specialness of this horse and um I wrote a letter and I filled out the nomination form and then one of his riders and a volunteer and another instructor wrote letters of recommendation. And so it then goes to the regional level and all of the horses in Region 5, which is our region here in Tennessee, which incorporates um, most of the southeastern part of the United States, um, you know, most of the centers submitted horses and it went through a judging process. And last summer we learned that Valentino was chosen as the Region 5 uh, Path International Horse of the Year. And that 
to me was just so exciting because I mean that's just a huge honor in itself, and I had no no idea that that he could win the the entire thing and um um, all of the region horses then go through another um, evaluation process with with their nomination letters and all of that. And um, you know, we had the the PATH conference just a couple of weeks ago in Lexington, and um, on November 11th we had this huge awards banquet, and uh, they announced that Valentino had won the International Horse of the Year. And and to me, I mean, every horse is deserving of this award. Every horse that's in the therapeutic riding community or equine assisted activities, every horse deserves this award because they all go so much above and beyond uh, what most horses do. But for Valentino to win was just, to me, it was, it was validation that, you know, this, this horse um, didn't need to be thrown away. And well, I think that's I, what makes it really cool for me too, is that he was a rescue horse and, you know, yeah. we, we talk about OTTBs, and you know, I own a greyhound, and you know, we we, we yeah. here at the Horse Radio Network believe in rescuing animals, and that they can yeah. be, you know, getting a dog from the pound, that kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, and and you're not every rescue horse is going to turn into a therapy horse. I right. mean, you know, uh, but this horse, this was, I don't know, just just circumstances just brought him to the right place at the right time, and and well, he uh, had a pretty good it, instructor too. Well, thank you. But, you know, it really wasn't, I mean, I did oversee the training and I set the training course, but he had a lot of, a lot of work with volunteers at, at various centers too. And, and thanks to them who, you know, just followed, you know, the plan that, that I set out for him um, and that we as a center, you know, set out for him. Um, you know, he just, he just really blossomed and it was just such a great process to see and, and you know Valentino now is only nine years old I mean he's got just a lifetime ahead of him to do even more great stuff well yeah he's, well, what, he's just starting out as a what yeah. made you decide I mean is he's obviously not the only therapeutic riding horse that you've you've worked with um what I guess I don't want to say what makes him special because they're they're also unique but what made you decide to feature him in your book yeah. Well, um, number one is his story, and I just, I just think it's so interesting. Um, and the process that he's gone through um, has been so unique that I wanted to share that with others in My Horse, My Partner. But also because he is such an, a willing, great-mannered horse on the ground. And he hmm. is, you know, if you ask him to do something, he just takes, you know, a moment to think about it, and then he thinks, okay, this is how I'm going to do it, and then he just does it. So um, I needed horses. Uh, the, the, the book has a lot of photos in it, and we also did an accompanying DVD. And so I needed a few horses that really could put up with, with a several-day-long photo shoot and, and then a video shoot following that, and I knew that Valentina would be, would be up to that. But also he's so versatile that if one of the other horses really got – tired of, of, you know, being on camera, that I could substitute Valley in and say, okay, Valley's going to be the one who shows us how to, how to drag a travoy, or he's going to be the one who shows us, um, you know, how far you can go with desensitizing. And, and he's also a very visual horse. You know immediately um, when something's concerning him. So, uh, because he had to take care of himself. It, it was life and death for him. He had to, he had to look out for him. There was no you one know, else. I love that. I call that those, I say that they're articulate, you know, they, you really yeah. understand what they're thinking and it, with, through their body language, it's like they're these masters at, at sign language, you know, and yeah. some horses are better at it than others. Oh, so yeah. I can see how if he's really good at that, that would make him, I mean, he's like in the perfect job. He is. He is. He's really good. And, you know, when, when I'm giving a lesson, he's the first to let me know that that rider is a little bit off balance because he kind of just does this little hitch in his giddy-up on his hind end and just kind of <laughs> tries to get that rider kind of back in where they need to be, you know. And, uh, and then don't you just look at him and say, thank you, like, thanks oh. for just letting me know. It's like It truly is like yeah. a partnership. It really, well, I can see that. He's the best teacher. I mean, he's the best instructor that there is, you know, because he, he knows exactly what that rider's level of capability is far more than I do. You know, I, I assume that the rider is going to be able to, to struggle through, um, you know, a set of instructions or, or that they're going to be able to do it easily. Valentino knows, you know, he knows exactly and, and gives them just the right amount of challenge. And, and, uh, as I said, those horses are few and far between. And, and for him to come from, you know, a, a, a background of, 
you know, abandonment and neglect to, to being such an integral part of therapeutic animal partners is just phenomenal. Well, Lisa, we have a couple of minutes left here. By the way, congratulations. I think that's uh, terrific. You. And, and, you know, you've, you've done so many cool things, but when you do something with a horse and then he's rewarded for efforts that you and others put in, that's just all that much more rewarding for you. And uh, I understand how that is. But you have some other babies in your life, and that's your books. Uh, yeah. And, and I want to know, I read one here not too long ago, is your, your dive into fiction, The yes. Opium Equation, A Cat and Write Mystery. How's it doing? It's been doing great. You know, The Opium Equation has gotten great reviews from all of the important uh, book review publications, and we're getting um, great feedback from, from the horse lovers and the mystery lovers um, around the, the country. And um, it's so exciting to to try something new and then have it, you know, everybody say, hey, this is great. I stayed up all night reading it. And uh, uh, a week or so ago, I was at a conference, and, and a lady followed me into the bathroom, and she said, I'm halfway through the book, and I can't wait until tonight to, <laughs> to finish it. Will you tell me who the murderer is? <laughs> well, tell everybody a little bit about what it's about. Chad uh, Enright is an Appaloosa horse trainer who lives outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and she finds the dead body of a retired movie star who lives next door to her, and she's implicated in the murder. So she has this wacky cast of characters, including a, a very possibly psychic horse who um, help her solve the mystery. And um, I, I've lived in rural Tennessee, even though I'm from Minnesota originally. I've lived here for 26 years. And, you know, there, there are just some, some very odd characters who live here. And uh, so I incorporated... Well, let me tell you, there's some odd characters that live everywhere. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Um, but I incorporated some, some of the characteristics of those people into the book, to, and, and I think it makes for a really fun, engaging read. And then Kat also gives some horse tips uh, at the end of a lot of the chapters for, you know, people who might not be horse lovers. So, it is, well, um, I, I would describe it. What? There's would, people who aren't horse lovers? <laughs> I would describe it There are. Imagine that. It's kind of a quirky <laughs> cast of characters. A quirky is a good word, I think, for the cast of characters yes. in this book. Uh, yes. Yeah, and you know, the opium equation is something that's been living in my brain for about 17 years, so it's it's so great to, to finally have it be published and everybody really like it, and um, I'm working on the second uh, series in the book, and, and you know, I've written some real people into the book, and so I've, I've threatened to put some of the Horse Radio Network people into the second book, so... Um, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. you guys might want to keep your eyes open on that uh -huh. one. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love that you have a book that's set in Tennessee, and there had to be a Bubba in it, and there was. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Bubba is a main character in the Opium Equation, and uh, he's, he's just a pivotal be. character. There had to be. So. Now, I'll tell you what my—that was not my favorite book of yours, and you know which one is, I think. Um, horse country yes uh, that is still my if you if you have somebody on your christmas shopping list that is a country music fan and also likes horses you have to get this book and it's still for sale at amazon i believe right oh absolutely yeah, yeah. and it's in a lot of the the tax stores and in, in a lot of the stores around the country still it's called horse country a celebration of country music and the love of horses and you got to meet some of the coolest people out there I did, and and you know, I for a, a while I was a country music publicist, and I got to meet some of the top stars of country music, and and it was really fascinating to me to realize that a lot of them were horse lovers, and that they felt about their horses just like we all feel about our horses. And so I interviewed uh, OG uh, Charlie Daniels and Brad Paisley and Toby Keith and uh, Tanya Tucker and Lynn Anderson and just you know, the, the elite of, of country music, and they all Billy had... Billy Nelson was in that mix, if I remember right, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. yep. And um, we just had a, a great conversation. Did you meet him on the bus? Pardon? Did you meet Willie on the bus? I didn't meet, meet Willie on oh, the bus, no. I that didn't chapter get that was privilege. A, that was a happy chapter after she met him on the bus. It was a happy chapter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet Willie on the bus, but I've heard stories from people who do, and it's uh, quite quite entertaining. <laughs> Willie has there, happy you, horses. 
I, yeah. I want to ask you, uh, Glenn's, Glenn's right, we, we don't have too much time left, but there is something that's sort of important to me that I want to ask you about, and it's um, a book that you co-authored called Front of the Class, How Tourette's Syndrome yeah. Made Me the Teacher I Never Had. Um, how, have, how has Tourette's been part of your life, or how, how did that whole thing come about? You know, uh, Brad Cohen, uh, who has Tourette's syndrome, and I have the same literary agent, that's how the book came about, and it went on to become a, a very popular Hallmark Hall of Fame television movie, which was an amazing process. But I was interested because some of the students that I teach in the therapeutic writing field have Tourette's syndrome. And so to, to be able to, to co-author a book with Brad that was really positive and motivational, um, I knew would give a lot of those writers and their parents and caregivers some hope because Brad became the Georgia State Teacher of the Year, uh, despite all odds. And, you know, it's outside the horse field, but it's not outside of the therapeutic riding field or my, my field, uh, you know, my goal as a motivator. Um, it, it was right in the, in the channel there. So uh, it was a great process. It's a really inspiring book. And whenever I really have a bad day, I think about Brad and I think, you know, Brad can do it. I can do it. We can all do it. So um, it's a great book. Well, I think I'm, uh, I, I'd like to get my hands on it because I just remember, uh, you know, teaching the up-down kids. We had a couple of children who were now what they call an, on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. And, yeah. um, you know, kids have varying, varying challenges. But what I found was so inspirational to me was um, how relaxed, uh, how, how these kids could get in touch with themselves because their uh, their emotional and mental challenges just sort of disappeared when they were riding, yeah. when they were in the saddle. And it was like they were seeing themselves for the first time. And I just remember how that made me feel inside and to um, – I know that I have a, a very close friend with a son who has chronic tick disorder, which is sort of oh, related yeah. to Tourette. And, um, you know, it, it, in times of low stress and peace and Zen, we talk about how, how less stressful his disorder is to him, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, there's just, there's nothing more inspirational than to see how a horse can put a child at peace who is yes. constantly stressed by the challenge of a mental disorder. Yes. Yeah. Horses are just amazing teachers. They're so inspiring. They're, they're spiritual. They, they just really bring out both the best and the worst in us, but teach us so much about ourselves. I just, I just can't imagine life without them. Well, I'm glad That's that fun. you're putting your experiences in, in, into books because I, I would like to read them all <laughs> for Christmas, you? preferably, Glenn. find them? Uh, right now, to find uh, you know, in in stores and online everywhere. Um, I, I don't like to give uh, specific to, to encourage one specific store over another, but uh, Amazon.com typically has the best prices. And then you also have a website too, don't you, Lisa? I do. It's LisaWysocki.com, and Wysocki is spelled W-Y-S-O-C-K-Y. And you can also follow me on Facebook at Power of a Whisper uh, on Facebook. Okay. Well, this is terrific, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, we could talk to you all day. And Oh, and, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely have you back. That's for sure. We always do. Oh, and and I, just, I just love when you come on with us. Oh, it'll be great. Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. Take good care. You too. Bye-bye. I, you know, I'm inspired. I didn't even, I haven't even read one of her books yet, and I'm inspired. You're going to love it's... them. You will, abs- I know you well enough to know that you will love all her books. She does and, a terrific job. And I'm really interested. I'm interested in, um, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Valentino and what went into his training because I think that's a pretty cool thing to take a horse from that kind of situation and and uh, know enough that this guy can help others, you know, know, to be a horse trainer and know enough that you can take him and, I don't know, that's make cool. wonderful things happen. And I, I do recommend the Opium Equation if you're looking for a gift this year. It's uh, new out just recently and, and yours truly is on the book. Get out of here. I did one of the editorial reviews for the book. She sent me the copy of it uh, early on before it went to print, and I did an editorial review for the book. Oh, no. Yeah, there and, goes his ego. And I didn't know. I, there, we did learn something that she is uh, in her next uh, book of the Cat and Wright series. There's going to be a Horse Radio Network hosts. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh. That's what she said there. She said she's writing us Horse Radio Network people into the book. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> to see what that's all about. I wonder if we're the ones getting murdered. I hopefully if she does incorporate, I I would like to be the murderer. <laughs> we'll I know. would like to live out my fantasies through Lisa's books. <laughs> we'll let her know. We'll let her know that. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Tack and Heaven is next. My horse husband pick. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. Choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to KPP. This week, we're going to talk about Elevate Maintenance Powder. This time of year, horses are consuming very little grass and may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigorous training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E just to meet their basic needs. When you supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Why? It's affordable, it's effective, and it's research proven. When you need to supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Why? It's affordable, it's effective, and it's research proven. Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable, it's easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their products at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, thank you to Kentucky Performance Products. And, of course, when you're giving your horses vitamins and they're a happy horse, what is one thing that they do regularly every day? Poop! That's absolutely right. If they're a healthy horse, they're pooping healthy. And, you know, that's where my product pick comes in. I, every year around Christmas time, help the women out there, the horse women, buy, pro- buy something for their horse husbands that also might help them out a little bit. Well, I've found a product, and you've made fun of it before. If you've been to a show, you've probably seen it, you've heard about it, you've laughed at it, and now it's time to stop laughing and start buying it because it works. And that is, are you ready? The motorized Uh shaken fork. Yes, that is the pitchfork, the sawdust pitchfork that shakes by itself. You just scoop up the thing, and it goes... It shakes it all out, you put the poop in the bucket, and you go on. What cooler product for a horse husband that is stuck out there cleaning your stalls, because he loves you and married into this, but he's still out there doing it for you, and he's out there, and he's cleaning stalls for you because you can't do it that day, or you're away, or he's just a nice guy. Well, give him a tool. We love tools. We love tools that vibrate and make noise. Give him a tool that vibrates and makes noise to help him with that process. And to help us explain it, I called up the uh, the guy who invented this, who's a really cool guy. I think you're going to like him, Helena. His name is Joseph Berto, and he invented the shaken fork. So let's talk to Joseph. Well, hi, Joseph, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. And you, your product is my pick for the horse husband purchase for Christmas, because all of us horse husbands, you know, and I know I talked to you a little bit earlier. You said you married into the horse thing like I did, right? Yeah, and thank you for having me on your show. I'm I'm an original horse husband. When I met my wife, my thinking about horses was, was that they bit on one end, kicked on the other, and were damned uncomfortable in the middle. That's right. But now and I, that's still true, yeah, by Now I've drunk the Kool-Aid. But that's still true. They still do that. <laughs> I <jumped> um, <laughs> So, Served so, up fresh by your wife, I'm sure. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't live without horses now, I have to say. I, I, I love horses, so I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I do a radio network about horses, so I guess I really drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's so, right, right. And you spent a fortune developing a product to help us horse husbands. Now, you notice how I'm not even including them in this <laughs> product? I'm including us because, you know... We owned a big stable for a lot of years with 20-some horses there, and boy, did I clean my share of stalls. Now, my wife did, too. But how much better would it be if you bought your husband something that, you know, he doesn't want to clean stalls in the first place. There's things he'd rather be doing, like sitting on the couch watching football. But if he had to clean stalls, what a better thing to do than to give him a gadget, a motorized gadget, to help him. There's nothing better than that, Joe. Uh, that's what I would think, but but of course, for some people, and and especially women, 
cleaning stalls can sort of be a zen experience. So picking up manure is like quality time with their friend. Now, that if you have one or two horses, maybe that would be okay. But three to five hours of, of cleaning and urine and dust and waste and expense, I don't find anything zen about that. So personally, while I like spending time on a horse, cleaning up after them isn't my idea of fun. So Our idea of zen includes a beer and football. With our friends. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the funny part. why your wife is out riding her horse. <laughs> yes. you want to be left alone? Well, my wife, she, she does an awful lot of cleaning, and, and, and there's the irony of it, because, you know, every horse husband has, has the scenario where you're, you're being nice and decide to clean the stalls while she's having her coffee, and you carefully go pick out every visible scintilla of manure, but when you finally see her, she's sneaking into the stalls that you just cleaned, and she's picking out even more manure. That's bits. exactly right. That happens to you, too? Exactly. Oh, so man, no I matter how one. hard you try, <laughs> you can't get it clean. And there's no self-respecting guy going to spend half his Sunday cleaning out horse crap. I'm that's, sorry. There but you there, go. You know, there is football. Helena, do you do that with Peter? Of course. <laughs> of course. See, of course. He just cleans it but, up so that I, he just gets it started. <laughs> well, there you go. But bring in a tool. You know, us guys, we love our tools. And everything changes because since you don't need to shake the fork and it cleans so quickly, you can spend double or triple the time in the stall, but it's going to be absolutely spotless. And the, the first time that I did this and my wife saw it, she thought that I had brought somebody else in to clean the stall because <laughs> she wasn't cringing when I walked out the door. So I can tell you, from a horse husband standpoint, when you get validated for your effort in helping her out, it, it's a great day. Well, Absolutely. Helena, I'm going to start with this. Joe, you are formally invited every year around Valentine's Day. We do the annual horse husbands episode where four, oh, horse, four of us horse husbands get, our, get, get around, uh, around Skype here, and we just complain and whine about being horse husbands. You are formally invited to next year's. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I am a horse husband, but, it, but it, you know, it's sort of an honor, in fact, to be a horse husband. You, you, you get to support a wife, and as I told my, my wife, if you take care of me as well as you take care of your stallions, I'm going to be happy, and, and, uh, and it's actually worked out really well. How long have you been married, Joe? This will be uh, 15 years. Well, that's why. There yeah, you so go. So long Lena. enough to have, uh, he's, got, he's with the program. Now, did you? Yeah, and I, and I, and I married, I'm sorry? I don't even want to ask any more questions because I just want to let this go. I don't want to know any more <laughs> truths behind it. I just want to enjoy the very place where you are right now. All right. So let's oh, yeah, talk and, about... and I married my wife, like I say, because of the horses. So, so I had a, a sense of what I was getting into. What you don't realize is when you begin to enable a horse wife, you're going to go from oh, three horses to six to I 18. love the enable word because it is an addiction. <laughs> I love that. Well, you had to focus on it. I was just going to let it slide because it's a wonderful invention. I'm, I'm a horse husband. I won't let that kind of thing slide. Sorry. Right. Let's talk about the fork. Yes. Um, so now it is a, 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 I don't know, describe it. Well, when, when you talk about putting a, a motor on a manure fork, people, they start to react a bit funny. Yeah, it sounds heavy. Um, yeah, it's it's like you're imagining a, a 5.7 liter Hemi on top of a, 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 a manure fork. You know, you get laughed at a lot. And even your listeners who don't have any reference to what I'm talking about, I'll bet their imagination is taking them in a strange direction. But let me give you an, an idea about other reactions to inventions. Imagine the guy that said, I'm going to put a motor on your sewing needle, or I'm going to put a motor on your washing board, or your carpet duster, or here's my favorite one, I'm going to put a gas engine on a push mower, and then I'm going to sit on it. <laughs> now, of course, we're talking about sewing machines, washing machines, vacuum cleaners, and riding mowers. So it's just the problem with the shaken fork is that I'm just a tiny little bit ahead of my time. But personally, I'd rather laugh at me than spit at me, you know. <laughs> I love that. Now, how quiet is it? Is it loud? No. If, if your horse is used to clippers, then it's not going to have any problem with the shaken fork. And, um, and is it heavy? You talk about the motor and it not being heavy, so how heavy is it? Believe it or not, in, in some cases, there's manure forks that are not powered that are heavier than our powered fork. You can buy this with a carbon fiber hand pole. It's got lithium-ion batteries. It's got a tiny little uh, uh, motor on the bottom hey, whoa, of whoa, it. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Back, back it up just a minute here. Back it up just because now I'm interested. <laughs> you said something about a carbon. What? Hit, hit, go back because that's light stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the reason it's a perfect gift for a horse husband because, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor could have invented it. I mean, it could have been called the Binford Super Pooper or something <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> but it's really, but, so it's really light. Like, because I know that there are golf clubs that have like these carbon shafts, which are really, really light. And so you're saying that this thing is, uh, no, well, what, a, uh, so how much does it weigh then? Well, the, w- w- as I say, we make two versions. We make a non powered flexion fork, which is for all the people that use cleaning stalls as part of their exercise regimen. Yeah, if you yeah, want to go yeah. out we don't, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, care yeah, about those. Even yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get that. And that fork with the carbon fiber hand pole is the lightest fork money can buy, period. But when we first started making the manure fork, it weighed about three and a half pounds. And we found that that was too much for some people. So we started to find ways to lighten it. And right now it weighs two and a half to three pounds. You can put on the carbon fiber hand pole, and that saves a half a pound right off the bat. Okay, so if you okay. do that, you're at about two pounds probably, or thereabouts. That's the two and a half pound, yeah. yeah. Well, so still, we so, never hear... So what you're not getting in exercise swishing back and forth, you're getting in an exercise holding the pole. See, that's the way we need to look at it. That's well, no, the exercise, you're not getting the exercise cleaning at all. The reality of it is you're going to get the exercise riding your horse. Or, or, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can do with the time in, that you're saving. You know, real romantic well, things like, I don't know, putting gravel in the muddy spot or fixing the leaky water trough or he rehanging is the so sticky good. I know. I mean, there is know, nothing the... more romantic than gravel, oh, except maybe stone dust. It's true. All right, now. It is true. <laughs> Next, you're going to say putting up hay is romantic, too. Um, oh, God, yeah, that's yeah, it, that's, you know. That's Valentine's Day. <laughs> so now, does it really save you time? Yeah, it saves about, you save about 50% of the time. I mean, that's not to say that you can't spend the same amount of time cleaning. Like I was saying earlier, if you want to go through the stall three times and get every scintilla of manure out, you'll be able to do it. But if you take a regular fork out there and you just stand there without moving, nothing is going to happen. With the shaken fork, you can pick up the manure, lift it off the ground, squeeze the button, and it will work. And there are some people that shake their shaken fork, but I say that that's like pushing a riding lawnmower. You know, why would you do that? So now, but so, okay, but you can use it. It's just as effective for picking up um, urine-soaked shavings as well, so you don't question. have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, it's a great that. fork all by itself. I mean, if you want the exercise, just don't push the button. But I, I, I don't find very many women that are that are using, you know, push push uh, dusters or vacuum cleaners anymore. You want to have the power once you have it. It just takes a little while to get used to. Now, I know a couple well, of that, men doing what? the push push dust. <laughs> that is a good question, betting wise. <laughs> the women have the women have evolved past that. <laughs> so which well, we, we just hope. checked out but, the cleaning lady. But we go. I hey, checks out to the cleaning lady, and then I go out to my barn and I clean that by hand. So but you'd be surprised how much ridicule when I go to shows I get because I'm making a job that's traditional a lot simpler. And it, it's a little bit like when digital cameras first came out and how people that used digital cameras because you didn't have to set the F-stop and you didn't have to do the light meter thing and all that, how you were amateurs. Now almost every professional uses a digital camera. Well, that's kind of the same way the shaking fork is. is well, that people look at you and figure, you must be a real amateur if you can't clean a horse stall, I mean, for well, goodness sake. I see, though, that it would probably, because when, you, when we do the shaking thing, I'm... I'm I'm using the royal we. When we do the shaking thing, we tend to waste bedding because you don't shake it down to the last bit. I imagine you would probably save bedding with this because it's getting at, it's sifting more than we do. Yeah. It sifts instantly. Now, yeah. uh, people that are really good at cleaning stalls, I, I don't want to knock that. They, they do a fabulous job. My wife can do an incredible job. She's been cleaning stalls for 30 years. In fact, she has this built-in shaky motion. She doesn't even realize it. But when you take... You take the average person or you take a horse husband out there, you almost can't do that shaky motion. I mean, it's really a lot of work. Whereas this thing here, it's a tool. You pick it up, you push the button, and it automatically will do the shaking. And it's variable speed. So you can do it slow. You can do it fast. It doesn't break the manure apart. It it doesn't um, break the big manure or uh, pea piles apart. It's it's great. Just real great. Now, I will say, uh, Helena, that... uh one, I got an email from Anastasia, and if you remember right, Anastasia 
Joseph was one of our first guests three years ago on this show. And she You're is, lucky. She is one of the ones who wrote to us and said, you've got to talk to you about this. And she gave me the positives and negatives in a very long email. And, and let me go through some of the negatives with you so you can talk yep, about it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She says, people who bed with extra large shavings or straw may not like it. Yeah, if you can't clean a stall with a normal manure fork, you're not going to be able to clean with this one. I mean, it doesn't magically align all of the shavings so they'll fit through the tines. I mean, straw won't <laughs> okay. fit through the tines. Right. But if you've got mini flakes, if you've got pelleted bedding, if you've got cob bedding, if you've got rice hull bedding, if you've got normal compressed out-of-the-bag shavings, it will do it faster. That's just a fact. Okay. And then uh, she says people who go through any amount of pain in order not to spend uh, $200 on your fork won't like it, and that's probably true. Um, if you're, you know, if you're really frugal, then you're probably not going to spend $200 on the fork. It's not cheap. Well, I hear, yeah, and I hear for all the time from people that I can go buy a, a, you know, $15 manure fork, but I hear from just as many people that buy that fork, use it one time and snap off a tine. Oh, and no, so in, in the it's nothing worse yeah. than cleaning the stalls when one or two of the tines are missing. There's nothing uh, worse. Than that. And then and there you go because how many people actually walk out and buy another manure fork right away, right? Oh, you've got to drive down to the down to the grange and buy another one and so on. So you hassle along with that 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 piece of the fork that the manure keeps falling through. So <laughs> the first thing we make is a is a basket that doesn't break. All right, that was key in a in a two hundred dollar manure fork. And then you make it so it's a good value and will pay for itself. And we figure it saves between $0.50 cents and $1 per stall. That's going to be in time and bedding and, and disposal fees that you save. And so depending how many stalls you have, if you're cleaning 15 stalls a day, in a little over a week you've paid for a $200 fork. Well, there you it's go. Good math. And Helena, this guy is one of the very few guys in the horse world that has been on the Today Show. How the heck did you end up on the Today Show? That's what I want to know. Wow. How did you get to talk? Where in <laughs> well, the world is Matt Lauer? There was a, a, uh, a program going to come out a year or so ago called, uh, it was an inv- a new inventor show to take oh, yeah, over yeah, the yeah, Billy yeah. Mays show. Yeah, I remember yep, that. And they, yeah. and they did a uh, kind of a, pre, uh, a pre-show testing or some pre-show taping and uh, they, there was an audition for it. And so I went down to Los Angeles, and you, you, you got into this room with the panel of four judges and, you know, the five minutes to make your spiel. And it was incredibly difficult and a huge amount of drama. And they sort of brought me in there as, as the thing to laugh and ridicule at. And weren't they surprised when, when the, the person that put on the show, which was A.J. Kubani from Telebrands, he leaps out of his chair and he picks the thing up and he starts running it. And, of course, the Today Show people were there and they, they were so amazed at the reaction of this man that when the Today Show featured the four products that actually made it through to the final, the shaken fork turned out to be one of the products. Of course, they were talking about it as something to clean kitty litter out, which was one of the ways that we pitched it. Um, and the, uh, the hosts were talking about what a giant cat that must have been. So I think <laughs> yeah. they might have <laughs> Yeah, well, in fact, mine are pretty much like giant cats. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> the amount that they poop and run away, poop and run. But we thought run. about building. We thought about building one of these for for cleaning kitty litter out. In fact, we'd still do it if we got enough interest. But for now, we build them for for cleaning out horse stalls. And then you may have seen we also got involved with cleaning the sand in the beaches of the Gulf Coast. And so shaken forks, or the version was called the shaken rake because it had a screen. They were all up and down the Gulf Coast last year uh, cleaning up the oil spill. Oh, I didn't know that. So That's we, awesome. Yeah. yeah, we got a huge amount of, of uh, leverage off of that, and now we're in golf courses cleaning sand bunkers and oh, resorts okay. cleaning cigarette butts and pop tops and everything else. So it's become sort of a phenomenon in, uh, in the resort world and it, because of the BP oil spill. Well, this so is terrific. It, Where can people find them? Uh, the easiest place to find us is at uh, shakenfork.com. That's S-H-A-K-E-N-F-O-R-K.com. And uh, shakenrake.com is the one for the sand. Or I would imagine they could probably go to your, your show and find a link. Would that be correct? Yep, we'll post a link on our website and on our Facebook page as well. This has been fun. Thank you so much, Joseph, for stopping by. Shake and Fork, my product recommendations. Your husband does this for you every day of the year. Spend a freaking $200 for Christmas. There I'm you go. And buy two of them because you're both going to want one. <laughs> he, if he has, you know what? He has to do it like once or twice a year, and it feels like every day to him. 
every day of the year. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for having me on. All right. So when my husband first told me that he wanted to invent a motorized pitchfork, I shook my head and rolled my eyes like, of course you do. That's a typical horse husband comment. That's that's what a typical horse husband would say after he's had to muck his wife's stalls for two weeks. That's correct. There's always a better way. And I said, go ahead, have at it. Let's let's just see, you know. And he's like, well, la, 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 la. So I sent him the email for this product. <laughs> and his response was, curses. <laughs> Someone had beaten him to it. And after, you know, after hearing, after having this conversation with Joe and, and understanding how light this thing is, because that was my, that's my big thing is, how light is it? Yeah, can, because, you know, people that don't Can my husband use it for two weeks, but can I use it for the rest of the time? Yeah, and, you know, people that don't listen to the show regularly, Helena's like five foot three, so she's tiny. So, you know, a big pitchfork isn't going to work either, you know. Um, no, but anything that saves time, yes. I'm all for it. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on one of these things and, and, uh, and giving it a try. And that's saying something. For me to be excited to try a product... That's saying something. Well, Joe so. is, has agreed to send you one. So yes. you're going to be getting one in the next couple of weeks here. And then we're going to be anxious to hear on the show how you and Peter, we're going to have to get Peter on too, how yeah. you and Peter are enjoying the shaken fork. I think he'll, it'll be the only time he's excited to do stalls because he'll get to try out some geeky new product. Exactly. <laughs> he might be fighting you to clean the stalls. That's fine with me. That's another <laughs> fine. thing to think about, ladies, is your husband might actually want to clean the stalls. Because it's a cool electronic thing to do. You know, if you could only only figure out how to hook the computer right onto that little handle there. Why the computer? Well, then you could work and clean stalls at the same time. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People, if you could see my face, if you could see my, I don't think you even need to see my face. I think you know the expression that's on it right now. I, I, uh, well, you know, if this thing, like I said, if it saves time, it'll give me more time to ride my new, um, <clears throat> quarter horse. Yeah. What happened there? I saw a posting, but I didn't hear any details. All right. This is the quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. I have Reader's the deal. Diagram. I have the deal of the century, a, uh, a young, but very mannerly and quiet quarter horse is going to be coming to stay with us for uh, a couple of months on, as a trial basis. And he's, and he's trained and everything. He is trained. He's um, he's trail trained. I mean, he's not a you know he's not a veteran. He's only I know five. He's young, but he's super quiet. Super quiet. And right now, his favorite speed is slow, which is great for me. Um, but again, extremely mannerly. Doesn't seem like he's got a spook in him. So we're going to give him a try here at the old hither and yon farm, and we'll see what happens. The good thing is it's low risk. If he doesn't work out, he can go right back to his mama. There you go. Well, that's the best way. <laughs> well, I'm no kidding. to see how this works out for you. I've been telling you a long time you needed a quarter horse. Yes. So, so. Well, I did go shopping for one. You know, this is the kind of horse, and Wendy Ying will probably attest to this. This is the kind of horse that I should have bought when I bought pie. However, that said, I still really, really like to ride pie, and He's going up to a boarding barn where he can get worked regularly. He'll be in an indoor and he'll get jumped and polish up all those wonderful skills. So somebody else so is going to ride him? Or? Yeah, somebody else is going to ride him while I'm still healing. But you know what's going to happen, don't you? Come the springtime, I'm going to have two really fabulous horses and not enough stalls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always add more stalls. You know, that's everything. Yeah, that's sure. That. That's how it starts. <laughs> so that's the quick and dirty. We'll uh, stay well, tuned good, to find well, out what good happens. Good luck with that. What's his with, name uh, again? His name is Martin. Oh, really? Martin. It's an odd name for a horse. No, it's not. (laughs) I just don't know if I've ever known a Martin horse. I've known Martin people, but I don't think I've ever known a Martin horse. Well, good luck with Martin. Thank you. We'll be anxious to hear about that. And, of course, uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode here. And I think uh, next week we're working on getting the doing our annual, now annual, second annual, 
Tournament of Roses show, where we're going to have the organizer on from the Tournament of Roses parade and a couple of the couple of the acts that are going to be in the parade this year. So we're trying to get that set up for next week. Hopefully, we'll be bringing that to you again. We did that last year; it was so much fun. So, and that's where we met the All American uh, Cowgirl Chicks. Remember, it was on it that is. show, and I got to meet them yeah. over the summer here at the Kentucky Horse Park. Lovely, lovely people, Lynn and the gang over there. They were so much fun, and they were so excited to meet us. I was very excited to meet them, and they were excited to meet us. So it, were, it was fun. And we're hoping to get a couple more different groups with you that are going to be in the parade this year as well. So that'll be I, I just want to I want to point something out yes. here is that we actually know what we're doing next week. I know. <laughs> so for all of you regular <laughs> listeners who know that Glenn and I have we don't have a clue what we're doing in one show, let alone future shows. I want you to make note of this this um now what you would you call this this growth fall through <laughs> that's okay it doesn't matter even if they fall through we sort of have an idea it just proves that we are maturing into our roles as producers and hosts of america's favorite horse yeah, radio well, show don't count on it on a regular basis though helena oh come on why you got to be such a danny downer <laughs> and for details about today's show and all the links you can go to stablescoop.com and also we love your feedback so please send it to helena at horseradionetwork.com if you send it to me, I don't know if I'll ever get to it because I get a thousand emails a day. So send them all to Helena. There's that ego again. Yes. <laughs> send me your love. Send me your love. And, and that is it, isn't it? I want to thank our sponsors, what? Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. And be sure to visit all the great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. That's it, Helena, for this week. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's plenty. <laughs> but there will be more next week. We'll see you then.